0: good morning everyone and welcome to our online service on tuesday morning we took the very difficult decision to no longer have in-person services today we are very conscious of how many people in our church family are being affected by COVID. And indeed, there are uh, a good number of our people uh, who are very ill or have been over the last few days and weeks. So after careful consideration, we believe it is in the best interest of our church uh, that we don't have in-person services until at least the end of July. So hopefully come August, we will be able to meet again in person. We had, of course, planned that today would be a big farewell for John and Terry and a big celebration of their ministry here among us. Because of the the limited numbers, uh, we would only be allowed 50 people at a service. and, And because of the fear of... Uh, spreading COVID-19, we have also made the decision that we're not going to have a farewell for John and Terry today, but that we would, at a later stage, when we can gather in great numbers, have that celebration. So we will keep you posted, and uh, we look forward to being able to give them a good send-off. John will be retiring from his position as senior pastor on Wednesday. Uh, However, uh, the official send-off and farewell will be at a later date. In our service today, some of our pastors are going to be sharing with us. John is going to be saying a few words in, in a moment. And then Jolene and Brad and Roland are going to be sharing a little of what's on their hearts. And then at the end of our service today, Joanne and I are going to be leading us in Holy Communion. So over to you, John.
1: Well, hello, everyone. And I'm coming to you today as I speak to you today from my office um, here at the church. And one of the reasons for that is we've got no furniture left in our home. So it's, it's just uh, an empty place, an em- empty home, no chairs, no tables. And uh, so uh, this has given me the opportunity to speak to you from our office today. One of the reasons I want to uh, speak to you is because of the fact we have, as a leadership, have felt it wise to stop our Sunday services, our live Sunday services, as from today. There will obviously still be um, the online services as they've been in the past, but until the end of July, we believe it to be a very, very wise decision that we should limit the amount of time we spend together in larger groups. I know that has a big impact on us as a church and many of us are going to miss being together. I'm certainly going to miss uh, being together with you uh, on Sunday when we meet together, even though it's been just 100 people and of recent 50, I'm still going to miss that. I found that time to be so valuable, just being together, worshipping together, uh, enjoying sort of the fellowship that we could have together, uh, even though it has been quite limited. Um, The sad thing about this is that today was going to be our Farewell Sunday, Um, and it was a special service that had been planned and prepared, was going to be a broadcast live, uh, which would have been our farewell service, because on Wednesday the 30th, uh, I'm finishing up uh, at the church. But um, this has been postponed uh, and we will keep you informed as to a new date when there will still be a farewell service for us. I must say I'm a little disappointed uh, in the sense of not being able to spend this time together with you, to to take time to reflect over the past 13 years, to focus on the Lord, to encourage one, uh, one another once again, and, and to be aware of God's goodness to us Uh, through the time that we have spent together. But nonetheless, we recognize unusual times, call for unusual decisions. And this is one of those decisions that we've had to make once again. As I mentioned, uh, this coming Wednesday will be my last day at the church. And so if there are any pastoral or spiritual needs that you have, I would ask you to be in contact with our very competent pastoral team. They are more than willing to help and to assist you. Our eldership are very available as well and would love to help you if there are particular needs that you would uh, you would like uh, some assistance in they would be more than willing to be in touch with you just uh, give us a call at the church or uh, drop a note uh, to the church via email and we will follow up on that and are more than willing to assist you. One of the things that I am very, very conscious of and have been very conscious of is that during these unusual times of COVID from uh, the end of March last year, that that God has, has, has continued to be the unchanging God. Uh, that we have come to know him as. Uh, the God who is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And and although circumstances are changing on a daily basis, God remains the same. He remains faithful. All of his promises remain true. Isn't it great to know that God is our anchor? God is our rock. God is our refuge. God is our hiding place. It's God that calms the storm. It's God that holds our future in his hands. And, and I want to again say to you, we can trust in God through the times that we are going through at the moment. Maybe you feel a little bit cut off. Maybe you feel a little bit isolated. But remember, God is with you. And I don't say that just because we feel it. I say that because he promises to be with us through thick and thin. And so we pray for you. Terry and I will continue to pray for you. We ask that you will continue to pray for us as we navigate uh, this time that we are going through. And so may the Lord richly bless you. May you be encouraged in the days uh, that lie ahead. And now I'm going to hand over to Jolene, who's going to be sharing a little bit more with
2: us. Hi, everyone. My name is Jolene, and I have the privilege of being part of the Connect um, church pastoral team and this week I must admit I've been a little bit gloomy as we have faced third wave COVID hitting our community, people I know and love being sick, um, others being affected by losing loved ones. Then also as a church looking we've closed our in-person meetings again when we were loving meeting together and for me a big one has been kind of this chapter closing on on ministry with John and Terry and it's been such a beautiful season of ministry at our church and I've loved serving with them on the pastoral team and really was looking forward to giving them a great send-off and honoring them for how they have served the church and so my heart was really low and I just took some time to reflect on, on what God is doing and um, yesterday, as I was, I was taking the kids out the house, getting them ready for school, and I took their their bags, and for some reason, a strange thought came into my mind is, I wonder if our kids will ever know the battles we fight on their behalf. Um, for most parents who know and love their kids, we want to preserve their innocence, we want the best for them. Um, we don't want them to get into situations at school where, you know, things are tough. And so... We're always fighting some sort of a battle, and I don't mean fighting aggressively, you know, but but just there's something that we challenge, whether it's the food that we eat, the way they eat, the way they we discipline them. You know, there's always something we're trying to navigate, and they are blissfully unaware of all these little decisions we're having to make and, and things we're needing to do on their behalf. And then God reminded me of how blissfully unaware I am of what he actually is doing often on my behalf and how he's fighting the battles. And a scripture came to mind from Exodus chapter 14, which I'm going to read just a small, few few verses from it. Um, But it was such a reminder that God is always acting on our behalf, even sometimes if we're grumbling and complaining and not seeing it. And his hands are still on our lives. His hand is still on our church. It's still on the community. He hasn't taken his hands off. And so he reminded me of these verses. But as I read them, I just want you to remember a few things. It's, it's the time when the, the Israelites are about to cross the Red Sea. They don't know what God is doing. They, what they do see in the physical is that the Egyptians are coming and pursuing them. It looks like they're going to take them back into slavery and or probably kill them because um, they've chosen to leave. And so they start moaning against to Moses and saying, you know, we told you to leave us alone in Egypt. Do you Have you brought us here to die? Were there not enough graves there? Very fatalistic and um, just not believing in God's goodness. And despite that, God doesn't take his hands of them, but he does call them. Um, to fresh vision and to fresh a fresh reminder of what they actually need to do. And these are such beautiful verses. And I think God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the same Old Testament, New Testament and today. So let's read these words and believe them for ourselves too. In verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians that you see today, Will never be seen again. The Lord Himself will fight for you. You won't have to lift a finger in your defense. And those words were so true. They would never see those Egyptians again. God fought for them. They did not have to do a thing. He he just miraculously made a way. And we need to hold on to that of, you know, we often feel like we need to kind of do things on God's behalf. Maybe we've been putting too much hope in the physical, in in you know that 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 cure that was going to come, and then it doesn't come. For well, I'm talking about COVID, the cure for COVID, and then it doesn't come, and we get disappointed, just hoping things in the world would get better. And our hope should be in God. That is the God that we serve, and maybe God's calling us to just stand firmly in Him again, place our feet on that firm foundation. Battles in God's kingdom can sometimes look very different to earthly battles. Remember that but the one thing is that there's two sides on a battle. In that story it was the Egyptians and the Israelites and God was for the Israelites. We are God's people and if we are in this battle God is on our side, we are on his side more like it and we can trust in him. We can trust what he's doing. We can stand firm. And in this day and age, it's, it's a discipline to stand still and do nothing because we always feel like we're quite powerful, that we can actually act on God's behalf. And God is calling us. And, and I was just thinking about the fact that we've been called to, to less social interactions again, to to more being in our home. Why don't we as a church use this time to pray, to intercede for the church, to stand firm in what God is doing? We need it. We need a fresh direction um, we need God's presence. We need God to come through. And isn't it beautiful that he doesn't want us to, you know, I just think of the what what people, kind of religious people feel like they need to do to entice God and to be good enough. Isn't it beautiful that we don't need to lift a finger. We need to stand in what God is doing. And I want to challenge you, maybe you need a fresh commitment. The Israelites were kind of on a team they didn't really want to be in. They said, they had told Moses, leave us alone. Like, we're happy where we are. But they needed a reminder of who they were serving and the God that they were serving. Let's stand in victory. Let's pray for our church. We're going to be moving into a time of worship. And I really want to challenge you to not to couch observing worship. This is an event that was filmed at the church and I want you to really participate. Stand up, kneel, face the window and look out at creation if your window faces something beautiful. And let's just be reminded of this great and mighty God that we serve. Let's stand together in victory and let's celebrate what God is doing. His hand is on the church and we are still on the winning side. Thank you, God, that we serve a God of victory and not defeat. Let's get, let's get our hearts and minds in and stand together.
3: So great to have this opportunity to share something of our journey in lockdown with you as a family, and it's been a journey that has had both its ups and its downs.
2: Yeah, um, last year was uh, very difficult, obviously um, with COVID, and also we lost my dad to cancer mm. in August. Um, obviously, that it was really difficult and continues to be so. Uh, but God has continued to sustain um, us and my family. And yeah, he's just been the most incredible father to us. This this year has um, brought along some real big changes for us um, as a couple. We managed to acquire a house, uh, which was purely God's provision and nothing else. And uh, we continue to dedicate our house to him. And um, through that, and because of that, we have managed to acquire this. This is our fur child, her name is Shelby. We finally managed to acquire a doggy, which we have been wanting to get for the four and a half years of marriage that we have been to, well, well, four, four and a
3: half. That we've been together, which has been really <laughs> fantastic. And we've been so blessed by that. So just wanted to share that with you. We've really been conscious of the hand of God with us through this time. And, and I know that he's been with all of us in a very real way. Lockdown has, has given us the opportunity, I think for many, to reflect both personally, but it's also asked us, and given us the opportunity to reflect collectively as a church. What is God doing in the church? What what does lockdown mean for us as a church? And how do we respond and reflect on that as we think together? And for me, as I've really thought that through, prayed that through with the Lord, there's been a calling to come back to basics that, that I really felt God bringing to us in this time. There's this idea of what is the church at its core? Who are we and how should we function? And and there are a couple of things that I think God is really calling out of us. He's calling for a re-understanding of what community is. Because for so long, we've had such wonderful Sunday meetings where we gather together and there's a few hundred people and, and we have this beautiful time together. And it feels like community. But when those meetings are stripped away, we have to engage with the question is, do we really have community? And does our community only exist in that space? And so for me, one of the things that COVID is causing us to do collectively is to reevaluate and to to rebuild the, the heart and the center of community. And I really believe that, is, that needs to be in interconnected small groups. I think the backbone of the church, I think the, the model of the early church, I think the church that Jesus desires is a group of people. It's a body of people. It's not a building. It's not a place. It's a body. It's a connection of people that live together, that love one another, that care for one another, that know one another. And the reality is you can only do that at a meaningful, in a meaningful way, in a reasonably small group. And so I think there's been a calling for the church to reestablish the significance and the importance of small interconnected groups of community that genuinely care for one another. But then it's got, it can't stop there. And so the third thing that I've, I just sensed from the Lord is that re-understanding a community, a community that really cares for one another, but a community that is committed to the mission that God has called us to. And that mission is to be disciples who make disciples. And so to that end, I've actually started a podcast. It's something I believe God told me to do. If you haven't seen it yet, you can check it out on our church website. It's, or you can look at it on your platforms called the Disciple Making Podcast, and it's it's because God is calling us. I really believe as a church to recenter, reorient ourselves around the fundamental mission that God has called us to—to to make disciples of all nations. We've been through this time where God has stripped away the trappings, the things that that we're so used to forming a part of our church experience—the wonderful worship, the, the gr- hopefully great messages right? The the vibe and the chius of gathering together with all the people that we know and love. And he's asked us this fundamental question. Will we still follow Jesus for Jesus' sake? Remember the song, when the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come. Will you simply come? As we go back into lockdown, and guys, I know it's hard. I I know for many of us are not looking forward to this, but the call us sent from the Lord is will you continue to pursue Jesus because he is worth it will you continue to live for the kingdom and will you begin to think disciple making thank you so much for this time this opportunity to be able to share with you some of what God is doing in us and in our lives and journey we look forward to connecting with you again when we can whether that's in person or online bye-bye for now you
4: Love you.
5: Connect Church from the Cohen family it is wonderful to be with you this morning and it's wonderful to have had some worship with you all Uh, we really enjoyed it hey guys awesome so this morning we've had the blessing or the privilege we have the blessing and privilege of being able to share a little bit with you about where we're at as a family and uh, to share from God's word with you and hopefully encourage you just a little bit You know, in this season, I can imagine that all of us are going through our ups and downs. We certainly, as a family, have been through our ups and downs where we've dealt with anxiety and fear um, because of the season that we're in. And we really had to work through that. And I think as a family, we've embraced this phrase or the saying, leaning into the Lord. We've really had to lean into the Lord in ways that we haven't had to before. And we're incredibly grateful to our church community to the support that we have. We've just been incredibly blessed by the church that we're a part of. And we just want to say thank you to you guys, to those that we know personally, but also to the broader church community who've made this just such a blessed season to be a part of or a blessed church to be a part of despite the season yeah. we're in. I want to share a little bit of um, some scripture with you that I read in a quiet time recently that I was having with the Lord and it comes from the book of Luke. And it's, it's after Mary receives news that she's going to be pregnant with the Messiah. And she sings a song. It's called Mary's Song. I just want to read two verses uh, from it for you. The first verse says this, and it's from Luke chapter 1. It says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. And the reason why it was so significant for me is that's exactly what for us as a family has happened in this season. We've learned to glorify the Lord despite circumstances, despite the challenges we face, despite the fears and anxieties we've had to get over, uncertainty around the future. Our souls glorify the Lord. That's the one thing that's certain and secure all the time. And our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. You can remove everything from us take everything from us, uproot us, and move us to the other ends of the earth. But we know this one thing's for sure. God is with us always. And then as a family, as husband and wife, uh, Mandy and I have really felt challenged by the Lord, not just in this season, but ever since we became parents, to really make sure that we're handing down our faith. And this season has been an incredible season. of being able to actually live out our faith for our children, to teach them how to fear the Lord, but also to recognize that they are loved by God and that we can approach Him as a good Father. So that's why that verse that says, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation has been a real um, stronghold for us, should I say, in, uh, in Scripture. It's been, it's been something that we've really strived to do, to hand down our faith and to bless our children by teaching them how to love the Lord and by modeling that. And so we're, we're in a good place and uh, that's because God is with us always. But I know Mans wants to share something from her side as well.
2: just a scripture that's been on my heart lately is from philippians 4 verse 19 and it says and my god will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in christ jesus And I've really just been feeling the Lord saying, and it's been significant for me, and I really trust it will bless you this morning, that no matter our need during this season, we all have different needs, whether it's emotional, physical, financial, like God knows our needs. Mm. And as we lean into him, as we sit at his feet, all of those needs will be met in Christ Jesus. And we can praise him because he is so faithful and so good just to meet all of our needs.
5: Mm. Amen. And so... Just from my side, there was one last scripture that I wanted to read that was really encouraging for me. And I wanted to leave it with you today. It's from the book of Isaiah chapter 43. And it says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I want to leave that with you today. We want to leave that with you today and just remind you that our God is a good God. He has called you by name. And it is a blessing to be part of a Christian community that love Jesus, that lean into the Lord. Remember that our God is a saving God who's redeemed us because of his great love for us. But we can also lean into Him knowing that He'll protect us, keep us, guard us, and watch over us. And so take strength in that. May your spirits and souls rejoice in God our Savior. As a family, that's what we've had to learn to do. That's what we're going to continue to learn to do. And again, just want to say thank you so much for being such a wonderful community. We are blessed. We love being part of the connect church community Um, and it would be great to hear from you we'd love to connect with you as a family hopefully uh, we won't be stopped from having coffee with each other in our homes Uh, but uh, if you would love to connect with us please give us a shout we'd love to have coffee with you and connect with you and hear what God is doing in your lives but from our side God is good, and He's good all the yes. time. As for us and our uh-huh. house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. So we're going to hand over to Howard. He's going to be leading us in, in, in some communion. So bless you, Howie, and thank you very much yeah. for leading us in that this morning. Uh-huh. Say bye.
4: Bye. 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 everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, it is a great joy, of course, to be sharing communion together as a church family. If you haven't yet done so... Please stop the video and head off to the the kitchen, to the fridge, and get yourself some juice and uh, some bread so that you can participate with us. We may may not be together in the same room, but uh, in spirit we are together and as a family we are doing this. As we uh, come now to celebrate communion, uh, join with me in prayer. almighty god on this on this the lord's day we we want to remember you and particularly think back to jesus death on the cross for us lord we know that this is the turning point of history and the turning point of your relationship with us as your people we thank you for the cross and all that it signifies and that because of the shed blood of Jesus, we can be, be right with you, Lord, accepted by you and in a relationship with you. We pray, Lord, that this would be a special time for us as we eat bread and drink juice, remembering your death for us. Today, I want to read some very well known passages. The first is Isaiah 53. And perhaps as you hold your piece of bread, you want to actually just close your eyes and think about these verses as I read them. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar, with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried away our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It was the Lord's will to crush him, And to cause him to suffer. The Lord makes his life a guilt offering. But after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. He poured out his life unto death. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isn't it amazing that Isaiah wrote these words 700 years before Christ died on the cross for us?
4: Let's um, break bread together.
2: Let's pray together. Thank you, God, that as we share this meal together, this bread that represents your body broken for us, that we're reminded of that last meal you had with your disciples. And thank you too for the reminder that we will soon eat another meal with you when you return and help us to live lives worthy of your calling. Live lives for others just as you lived your life for us. Amen.
0: Let's eat together. And then I was also really struck by Psalm 22, which is an interesting psalm. It's, it's the prayer of a man who is suffering. And it's amazing that as he writes this prayer, there's so many parts of the prayer that seem to speak about Jesus on the cross. So listen to this prayer as we uh, prepare our hearts before we drink the juice. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. Lord, this prayer from Psalm 22 reminds us so much of Jesus on the cross. How people stared at him as he was shamed. How people cast lots for his clothes. How his bones were out of joint. Lord, we think of your suffering today, and we remember that it was for us that you suffered. Lord, may this juice that we drink now truly remind us of your shed blood. Let's drink together. The blood of Jesus shed for us. thank you for joining with us today i trust it has been a special time for you and may god keep you safe and uh, may he keep his hand upon us all in these uh, challenging days god bless you